Mama. 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 You know, we, when something has eyes, we kind of see it as a little bit alive, and so that's the spirit. So things with eyes are very interesting to them and are good places for them to dwell. But then there are also other theories that when an object has been very loved by a child, such as a doll or any toy, they sort of are filled with energy and sometimes even connected to the person that has owned them. <laughs> <laughs> With light comes the darkness, and the shadows roam the land. Illumination and umbra come hand in hand. Angels bring blessings and demons steal guidance as the eyes of the darkness watch in silence. Join us as we dive deep into the depths of the unknown and go beyond the spectrum of our perception. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Spectrum of Perception podcast, season two, episode three. We're your hosts, Ken and Shade. And today we actually have a very special guest joining us. She is a YouTuber, an author, and an artist, and she's all the way from Sweden. That's right. We've reached overseas, people. <laughs> Please welcome Magic Freegren. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. So, Magic, why don't you give us a taste of what your interests are and let our audience understand what you're all about? Mm. So, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm an author and artist, and I really love exploring storytelling in all the different formats you can tell stories in. So I write fiction, and I illustrate, and I make comics, and I do stop-motion animation short films, and yeah, I just like to explore different mediums and Last year, I created the YouTube channel, The Secret Doll Society, and on it, I post short films featuring me and the dolls that I make and bring to life through stop motion animation. And it's a hard channel to describe, but I usually describe it as whimsical horror because it is horror, but also, well, it, it's pretty lighthearted and magical and kind of like dark fairy tales, I, I would say. And the story for the channel is that I live with all the dolls that I have made and they have formed a secret society. And all the videos kind of work pretty well on a standalone basis. But if you watch them in order, there is this mystery storyline. And in short, it is currently focused on me and the dolls trying to solve the mystery of my past, since in the story I have major memory loss and it seems like imaginary friends that I had as a kid was more real than I understood back then and now they are coming back to haunt me. And I think that if your imaginary friends are haunting you, the only logical thing is to ask your dolls for help. I mean, <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, whimsical horror and also the videos has kind of an ASMR style. So they are very focused on sound effects and relaxing sounds and voices. So it's very like whispered and soft spoken, everything which I personally think makes things even more creepy. So it's kind <laughs> of relaxing horror. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Well, that actually uh, brings us to our topic for today. Uh, we are going to be talking about haunted dolls. You know, we've we've heard of all the different types of haunted dolls throughout media and movies and TV and stories. And, you know, I mean, everyone's heard of Chucky, mm-hmm. you know, granted that was a make-believe. A Hollywood stump. Yeah. But there's other dolls that have been in movies and stuff that were actually based on real dolls that have actually been haunted. I'm sure everyone's recalls the story of Annabelle and I can't remember was it the conjuring that she makes an appearance that was part of that was the first I think they kind of teased her character in that one and then the Annabelle movie came after. Uh Yeah okay can you explain to us why dolls get possessed in general? Well I think there are two main theories. One theory is basically that Every object that has eyes are a very attractive vessel to spirits because, you know, when something has eyes, we kind of see it as a little bit alive and so does the spirit. So things with eyes are very interesting to them and are good places for them to dwell. But then there are also other theories that when an object has been very loved by a child, such as a doll or any toy they sort of are filled with energy and sometimes even connected to the person that have owned them and maybe someone had a very special doll all their life that they had as this collectible and that was always with them and then when they died they just couldn't leave the doll behind so a spirit will get attached to the doll that way but personally I, I am kind of more of the belief that sometimes spirits will use objects that humans are fixated on because they want our attention. And for that reason, dolls and toys are very attractive. And it's not actually that the spirit are inside the doll as much as it is the spirit using the doll. So yeah, there are some different theories, but... Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Hearing that just makes you think it's just a empty vessel for anything like that to inhabit or even so much as manipulate rather than inhabit kind of like a puppet master controlling a, puppet. a marionette yeah 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 so, exactly a supernatural marionette <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i actually do believe though that any object can be haunted a lot of people will say that dolls and toys are especially likely to be haunted and older objects are especially likely to be haunted but I actually bought a completely new bag once and I'm not even kidding. Everything I put in it disappeared and came back and disappeared and came back. So, you know, after that really weird experience, I feel like, you know, anything can be haunted. You can't trust anything. (laughs) (laughs) Dang that toaster. Oh, that's actually fascinating. Should be scared of the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Anything really like, well, if if there's a lot of talk about how ghosts can change themselves to fit just about anything they want to mess with, like Mm. electricity, the lights flicking on and off. Mm. Um, They love to touch things like chandeliers, lamps and things to like a cat testing gravity. They just like to do that. And it's also, I believe, like you said, gains attention and that's what they want and i'm like oh that makes a lot of sense why a poltergeist is such a jerk (laughs) if we remember from episode i want to say four from season one we talked about irving the friendly ghost Mm -hmm. one of the things that he liked to do when it was it was on one day that he did it but he used to move around a birthday balloon around the house oh yeah i remember that part and we thought that maybe that was his way of trying to tell us that maybe that was his birthday you know because mm. we because it was around easter time it was actually around april may i want to say or march april i don't i don't know this was forever ago yeah there was a bunch of balloons in the house at the time there was easter balloons and there was birthday balloons because my my grandmother had a birthday in april mm. so they had mylar balloons for just kind of both because we were going to have a Easter get together okay. and he was just carrying the balloon around the house. And we thought that maybe that was his way of telling us that maybe it was his birthday. And he just kind of wanted the attention because, you know, this went on all day long until they decided to go to the store and they bought a birthday cake. They had everyone come around the, the table and they blew out the candles, sung happy birthday, blew out the, ca- had, I think they had me blow out the candles and then never moved after that. Huh. 
oh, so you needed somebody to remember that it existed and got that feeling of closure when you guys did that but poor that poor soul mm-hmm. but it but it makes a lot of sense based on what she just described on how toys and dolls are used for stuff like that because of how appealing they are and it does grab the attention of the living very easily mm-hmm. so that does that really helps explain that and i'm kind of grateful for that mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes a lot more closure to that incident actually too wow mm-hmm. So anyways, now that, now that she's explained to us basically how dolls and stuff can get possessed and haunted, uh, how about we go ahead and uh, get started on our first story for uh, the episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about Annabelle. So Magic, would you like to tell us a little bit about her? Yes. So uh, the story of Annabelle actually began in the 70s when a nursing student called Donna got the Raggedy Ann doll as a gift And Raggedy Ann dolls are very, very classic. The character of Raggedy Ann was created in 1915 by the author Jan Ruella. And she was made into a doll very, very soon after the books started to get published. And that actually made them more popular that that the doll was attached to the books. And I don't know, I always got a weird vibe from Raggedy Ann dolls, but I mean, I guess if you don't have all those associations to paranormal incidents, I, I guess they are pretty cute. And so, yeah, <laughs> back, back to the nursing student, Donna. She apparently thought the Raggedy Ann doll was really cute as well because she took it home to her apartment that she shared with a roommate called Angie. And soon strange things started to happen because the doll would move by itself. They would leave it in one room, and then when they got back home, the doll would be in a different room. And they also started to find strange notes around the apartment, and the handwriting did not belong to either Donna or Angie. And the notes said things such as, help us, and creepy stuff like that. And uh, First, the girls thought that someone was breaking in to mess with them. But after putting up burglar alarms and uh, like things on the doors and everything, they couldn't really find any proof of anyone breaking in. And one day after, after Donna got home, she found something that looked like actual blood on the doll. And that really scared her. So she actually contacted a medium. And the medium came over and said that she could sense a spirit called Annabelle in the apartment. And the spirit of Annabelle was supposed to be the spirit of a child that had died where Donna and Angie were now living. And Annabelle said that she was seven years old and that all she wanted was to live with Donna and Angie. And she wanted to be allowed to move into the Raggedy Andal. And despite the incident with the blood that I don't think they got an explanation for, Donna and Angie actually felt really bad for this child spirit and they wanted to help her. So they said that it was okay for her to move into the doll. Their first big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Annabelle's next victim was Donna's friend who was called Lou. And he had never liked Donna's ghost doll. And he actually had a lot of nightmares about Annabelle, really brutal nightmares where he would wake up and almost feel like someone was trying to strangle him and so on. And one time when he was visiting Donna, they heard a weird sound from the room where Annabelle was kept. And Lou went in to check if someone had broken in. And when he got in there, the Annabelle doll had been thrown on the floor. And when he looked at the doll, his chest started to really hurt and he started to bleed and his his entire shirt was covered in blood. And when they cleaned him up, they noticed that his chest were like covered in those marks that looked like they were made with like claws, like as if someone had scratched him. And now Don and Angie were really, really terrified and they contacted a priest And the priest was like, oh, hell no, I'm not dealing with that. (laughs) (laughs) So he 
well, I don't know if he sweared, but let's say that he did. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he contacted the paranormal investigators, Ed and Lauren Warren, and they are quite famous for dealing with really dark paranormal cases. They actually established the New England Society for Psychic Research in the beginning of the 50s, and they have written many books as well. And they decided that the priest needed to come and perform an exorcism in the house of Donna right away. And after that, Ed and Lorraine Warren took Annabelle with them because they said that Annabelle, that the spirit that the medium had connected with wasn't actually the spirit of a little girl. It was actually something that wasn't human at all. Something that had used to the doll and the story of the little girl to gain sympathy. What it really wanted was to get permission to interfere with the lives of the humans so it could one day possess one of them. So, uh, yeah, it was some kind of really, really dark and, yeah, <laughs> dangerous being. And when they removed Annabelle after the exorcism, I think things actually calmed down. And Annabelle is now in Ed and Lorraine's occult museum in Connecticut. And she is safely stored away in a glass cabinet. No more harm for anybody else, right? Yeah, mm, exactly. But I actually heard stories of people that have come to see her and they have like gotten nauseous just looking at her. And apparently I think there was one kid who was like making fun of the whole thing and like being like, oh, that scary doll and, you know, being silly. And apparently he, I think he was in a car accident. I, I don't think anything happened, happened. I think he was okay, but he was in a car accident right after. So there has been some scary stuff happening, even though Annabelle is hidden in a cabinet. Wow. So it still has very, very big power to be yeah. able to still affect things. That's crazy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's funny is Hollywood really took this story and really amped it up a little bit and creative I, liberties. Yeah. And I think it's funny because when, when everyone thinks of Annabelle, they think of that really creepy, like wooden looking porcelain mm. doll with oh, like the, yeah. with the pigtails and the really mm. creepy face. But like, but like magic said, it was a raggedy Ann doll. And when you actually look at the real image, you just look at like, that does not look scary at all. Mm. So it's like, it's understandable that some people might find it as a joke. Like really that silly looking innocent thing is haunted, but with this evil demon type spirit like i don't believe it and then i and then suddenly that's when they get in a car accident oh my <laughs> so gosh. i can understand so i can understand that <laughs> it's more scary actually i feel like if the doll isn't so over the top frightening in of itself i i think because it is that sort of contrast between something that looks really innocent and then having those powers. And it also makes you feel like you can't trust anything. If mm -hmm. a dog like that can be dangerous, then you, you know, you never know what you're dealing with. Because I feel like the doll in the movie, it's almost a bit ridiculous. Especially in the first one, I feel like the, the woman who gets it as a gift for her doll collection, like... I mean, if she was into creepy dolls, it would make sense. But now she um, unpacks this really disturbing lo looking doll and she's like, oh, she's beautiful. And like, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's really funny as a kid, I had a Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, oh. both of them. My grandmother had got them for me as a kid. And I remember like we used to have like a hammock, just a netted hammock that would be in the corner of like a bedroom filled with like stuffies and the first two that were the closest to where you could see was raggedy ann and raggedy andy and i never thought they looked scary in fact my grandmother was like these should be your favorite they're so floppy and fun to play with and but they looked like clowns because of the way that the red blurzy cheeks and the smile and stuff and i was like eh, it's okay and i used to carry one of them with me all the time i think it was andy i used to carry around with me my grandma was like, oh, you're finally too old for this. She used to just leave him up in the hammock where I couldn't get him. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's cool. At least I had part of like the history. Thankfully, mine weren't possessed, but I had them. <laughs> you know, I want to say that my mother had a, an experience with a haunted doll once, but I honestly cannot remember the story very well. Hmm. All I know is it was a kind of situation very similar to what 
uh, Magic talked about uh, with Annabelle, uh, but how like this doll would just like appear in different rooms all the time when never being moved by anyone in in the house. And eventually they just had to throw it away. And I want to say it got thrown away and then maybe it came back. I, I don't remember. I think that's wrong, but that would freak me out. I, yeah. At that point, that's something I think you, I think anything that's haunted, I think you just have to burn. I don't think there's any way else around it. Just burn it. Cause there's, they can't come. If it comes back after being burned, I just. <laughs> well, so it makes me laugh because like hell is all about fire and brimstone and, all, and demons all reside there. Like, you're not really hurting it. You're kind of giving it a bath. <laughs> so I'm like, uh. but, but at the same time, if you're destroying the vessel that it's attached to what, it, you know, it's, it, it's got to go somewhere else at that point. If you remove it from something. Yeah. I think the reason why, uh, why Ed and Lorraine, you know, did what they did was that they actually didn't think it was a good idea to burn it. They thought that would just, because this entity, even though it was using the doll and had kind of grown attached to it, I mean, I mean, still, it, it was its own being. And at least with the doll, you kind of get a way to control it because they have it lock, locked away and all that. And I think there's a point to it that burning it would actually make it, make it angrier. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I think... I mean, demon is kind of the wrong word since demons are, demon is actually just an old word for a spiritual higher being, actually. So that's kind of interesting, but that's, that's another discussion. But <laughs> I, I, I believe that what possessed Annabelle was some kind of really negative entity that kind of wanted to feed on their energy because by scaring them, they, they could kind of feed on that fear, which I think is very creepy. But I have to admit, there is also a small skeptic in me that kind of thinks that what if all of this was like Donna or Angie or even that friend of hers, Lou, like what if one of them were trying to mess with others, but then they start calling in priests and like famous ghost investigators and the prank just went too far and then they just couldn't admit that they had done this very messed up sick prank. And... <laughs> So, which is actually kind of creepy as well to have a friend like that but yeah a little bit on the psychopath side like i just wanted yeah. to pull some pranks except it's making it super scary yeah and, and then they were like embarrassed and they're like i can't come clean now we have like a priest here doing an exorcism and those famous <laughs> investigators keep like, undercover yeah it's like <laughs> I can't imagine if any of the if any of these people are still like still living or not or if they are if they're like really elderly but I could just imagine if one of them had fake the story and they just suddenly start seeing movies out for the story how they must be feeling like I started that and I'm not getting any credit for it they screw themselves (laughs) I don't get any treasury rights to the movie they make it's like that was my story I came up with but of course I had to take it too far. Yeah, that would be my luck if something like that were to happen. It'd be like, I want to play a prank on Kenneth. And then it gets into one thing. And then I'm like, oh, I, that went too far. I can't tell him the truth now. <laughs> uh, you call the cops or you have like the, the neighborhood priest come down. He, there's been crazy stuff happening. And it's just me with like buttons in the background. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the pictures are shaking on the walls or there's uh, a magnet underneath like the counter and a cup has a little magnet at the bottom of it it moves <laughs> I've seen a lot of good stuff on YouTube but oh, I would yeah. probably take it too far so I probably won't ever want to get into it I mean I would... do you feel like because I feel that's such a problem in a way with like proof of the supernatural because if someone takes a really like good ghost photo and there's really like a weird thing like like a blurry shape of a person and they are like oh I, I actually captured a ghost everyone would be like 
oh, it's probably a prank, it's probably Photoshop. And then if it's more subtle and it's like, oh, you can barely see this form in this window, but it's something there, then people are like, no, that's just some dust on the lens. And why can't there be like a clear photo of a ghost at some time? But then, then when they, there is a clear photo, people think it's Photoshop. So I feel like you can't really win. <laughs> That's true. And it's, it's funny that you were talking about photos because part of my daily job, besides the whole podcasting thing, I look, I look at photos all day long when it comes to bank owned properties and the preservation and everything. So we have to see what the vendors did. And I literally, I, I saw this photo and I just saw a ton of those little orbs that they say are the spirits mm. around right mm-hmm. and I thought it was interesting because normally you see them in like mostly like dark photos or nighttime photos or things like that like a backdrop of light that hits them yeah and this photo was during the day outside right and I was just like looking at it for a minute or two going wow, that is a lot of orbs. So I started to just like look closer into the image and then I realized it was just dandelions. Oh, okay. It was a disappointment, but I just remember sending a message to my boss going, I think I'm podcasting way too much because I'm starting to see ghosts everywhere where they're not actually at. What is that called? Um, There's a... What if you were back in the 50s and you had described this to somebody who had power to put you away, you'd be like, you're a psycho, get lobotomized, and like throw you into like a, a, a ward or something. Like he's seeing things, he has schizophrenia, quickly lobotomize him. <laughs> That's how they would handle it back then. They wouldn't give you a chance of medication because there wasn't any, and they didn't understand the human brain back then. It's really terrified how they handled medical procedure back then. You know, if you re- if you really want to a great show to watch that has a lot to do with stuff like that watch nurse nurse ratchet oh gosh yes on netflix i really like i really liked that show um i can't wait for the next season but some of the people that play in it are from american horror story oh really i haven't watched that either yeah so uh, sarah paulson is the is the main actress and she does really good but they you know they talk about working in a mental hospital and everything and they even talk about the lobotomies and everything so it was a very very interesting show i actually had to <laughs> witness a lobotomy it was pretty scary mm-hmm. and by the way this is not a sponsored uh, advertisement to go watch netflix shows this is just my own personal opinion <laughs> oh my gosh but you know like you think about how movies betray the entities that do inhabit materialistic things in the world some things are dolls. Sometimes it's not a doll. Sometimes it's like a statue or something just weird. And it has a presence of its own at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more so one friend described it one time to me. It was like when a child really loves something so deeply, it's like a psychic connection to this thing. When something happens to that doll or a toy of theirs, they get rather really upset because of that connection being disrupted. Mm-hmm. But imagine that kind of energy poured into a doll after said the little girl dies all that still kind of like lives psychically and it creates this thing where it uh, basically like a beacon for an entity to move into like, Oh, that's a weird signal. I'm going to go there really quick and making it more of an affinity for a spiritual entity to take over Mm -hmm. like a beacon of light in the middle of the dark. It's far off in the distance, but when they see it, that's what they go rushing towards. Mm -hmm. Like, huh. That would make it more of a, an understanding. Of course, this is completely yeah. speculation, that's, but that's interesting that it isn't actually the the little girl that have owned the doll that is drawn to the doll after she has passed on, but it's actually all that love and energy that the child has, like projected on the doll that mm-hmm. is what attracts spirits like from all over the place. That's very interesting. Just the way I kind of from watching movies reading books and dealing it with uh, past experiences myself it just seems like that seems more of a, a valid option for something that we don't understand like why do they pick something that someone loved so much only to make it scary in the end like maybe it's just that the beacon of light just is enough to emanate like a like a moth to a flame mm-hmm. they just rush towards it because it's like oh tasty energy i want it Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because there are so many people who 
collects haunted dolls and there is such a business for it like on Etsy and eBay people selling haunted dolls and there are like you can buy very active spirits and loving spirits and spirits that will prank you and then you there are also like darker entities and it's it's very weird to me I I mean because I, I I wouldn't personally ever want to buy a doll that that I knew were possessed. Because even if the whole thing is just a scam, because a, a haunted doll is worth more money than just an old regular doll or something, oh, it yeah. would mess it would mess with my head so much. And if it was a good spirit, I would also feel like well, I mean. I, I wouldn't feel good about just keeping the doll around. I would be like, well, I need to try and speak to it and see if it needs help moving on. You know, maybe it doesn't want to be in this doll. And like, I feel like it's, there are so many layers to it. And then there are all those people just buying haunted dolls for the fun of it. And it's something that, yeah, I don't really understand like why. <laughs> Because I, I, I collect dolls. Yeah, I collect dolls as well. And before I started to make my own dolls, I would go to flea markets and I loved finding like old dolls and like dolls that had like half their face torn off or something that looked really <laughs> interesting and so on. But I would never buy one if I felt a weird vibe. I would only buy those that I didn't really feel gave off a lot of energy or that felt kind of neutral or positive to me because yeah I, do, I don't want a lot of different spirits from random places in my house I, I feel like that's not the smartest thing that's asking for trouble because imagine yeah. the collision of different entities in one spot one's from like uh, I don't know, early ages of China and the other ones like Russia and they don't speak their native tongues each to each other. Like they're just trying to communicate, but it's just anger. Who are yeah, you? True. I possess this house first. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're going to do that, you need to be very spiritually educated on how to handle it because because that's what I feel. If, if you are a medium, you know, it can be different because maybe you actually buy those dolls because you want to help their spirits or because you want to explore that and learn and everything. But if you're just doing it because it's almost like a cool party trick, I, I mean, I feel like that's the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> That seriously, oh, I agree. Oh my gosh. I don't, do you ever see people? Oh, there's actually a guy on YouTube who bought a doll that was haunting some part of California really badly. It was, they gave it to him and he was like, it's haunted. We don't want it. You have it. And he's like, I love stuff like that. And then he takes it home, instant regret. Because then the literally while he's talking on a live feed, the doll's head's moving. He doesn't even notice it. So then you see the chats flaring up like, your doll's moving, your doll's moving. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, that's the end of that video. <laughs> I'm not watching any more of that. Oh no, that's, yeah. <laughs> no. You know what? I was during this whole discussion, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, you could buy a haunted doll. There's like one single haunted doll and put it in a room with a bunch of regular dolls. Right. And if you have it, if you have that spare room, put it up on Airbnb. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> and then just be like, this is a haunted Airbnb. There is at least 50 dolls in this room, but one of them is haunted. If you can guess the haunted oh. doll, you get a free night stay. <laughs> I love that. That is such a good business concept. <laughs> That'd be really fun. It's like an escape room, but you might be in danger, right? <laughs> Thinking about it though, like it's an interesting concept, but I would feel like that's just a bunch of bad juju trying to make money off of off of Ooh, a spirit. That could really backfire, yeah. But it's it would, but it would definitely make for a great movie. <laughs> it would make for a great movie. You know, it'd be really funny. Let's say in an instance where you knew somebody and you're like, man, we should be business partners. But then he dies like a week later and you're like, dang, wait, I need a necroman to bring him back and put him in a doll because we both think the same. I could literally use him <laughs> to literally do that idea. I wonder how, because there's there's like books of the dead and a bunch of other stuff that talk about how to bring back somebody's spirit or whatever. And then there's other ways to like raise them from the dead and stuff. But imagine like how Chucky came to be. He's a spirit of some hostile maniac shoved into a doll. And 
in this instance, your best friend slash business associate partner is fine, is dead, but wants to continue the business and he hasn't passed on until he gets it done. So you have this doll dressed in a suit who sits in the chair next to you in your office. <laughs> <laughs> that that like a... really is like the, the scariest boss you can have. <laughs> oh gosh. And if you had underlings and they didn't know it was a doll sitting in like, let's say it's like one of those evil men chair where it turns around and it's this bald guy petting a cat, but it's this doll. <laughs> And oh, that's kind of fun if he, if he like speaks like a normal person and everything, but then he turns around and he's a doll. <laughs> and its feet aren't even like touching the ground and it's like all tucked back in this chair, but the chair moved by itself. And you're just, you're leaving the desk across from him and sitting in a chair and you're uh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. It's not going to talk to you. At least I hope it doesn't. I would, okay, then I would call it a, a, like a, a hoax. There might be a speaker inside of it. I guess my first intuition is to kind of look at the doll. Like, did it just, is there somebody under the desk by the feet, like moving this chair on purpose? Then you realize no one's there. And you're like, here's my resignation. I don't need my last check. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with you guys anymore. Don't even, I won't even use you as a reference. Goodbye. (laughs) I saw this movie. I don't remember what the movie was. I want to say the movie was about a, not necessarily a doll, but a puppet. And there was this guy who was in a wheelchair and he constantly had like his butler behind him, uh, like holding the wheelchair, like he was going to take him somewhere. And the guy would talk to the main character, the old guy would talk to the main character. And then during towards the end of the movie, uh, the main character goes back to talk to the to the guy in the wheelchair the butler whatnot was not around it may not even been a butler may have been a family member but they weren't around and they started talking to him and nothing was happening right so eventually they like walk up closer and start to see what's going on and then they notice that on the backside, someone had taken that guy's body because this guy was dead and they carved out the backside of his body and they installed these contraptions that are used in like, like puppets and not oh like gosh. like you know those puppets that they use in comedy where they sit them on the knee for like ventriloquist oh right so they literally added all these poles and stuff inside the body to move the parts so that it looks like the guy was actually alive and talking and it was so creepy like i was not expecting that and i was just mm-hmm. normally stuff doesn't get to me but when they saw when the camera pans to the backside before the main character actually gets there and you see all the gears behind inside the the corpse and the blood and the oh, stuff it was just it almost turned my stomach a little bit because i was not expecting that at all it's kind of a saw kind of feeling you know that actually reminds me of the movie weekend at bernie's where these two guys are hanging out with this third one and the third one gets hurt and dies from it and so the the whole thing is that they have to prop this body up and make it move and talk and whatever that's where every cartoon comes from when they have like a person who backs their head and they're like helping to do talk for everybody that comes from that movie because weekend at bernie's that happens to bernie i guess and these other two guys that be like in our situation it'd be jeremy who's dead and me and him and you are basically maneuvering his arms and legs and his head and stuff he's wearing sunglasses and a ball cap (laughs) (laughs) and he's totally dead incapacitated or whatever and he's not present that's what that would be like because that reminds me of that movie but yours is far more grotesque because they just kind of let the body decay <laughs> that one was kind of ripped apart and i was like oh no saw material waiting to happen but uh, that kind of makes me leery of the fact that that's actually kind of possible to a certain extent like we're getting to the point where we can have prosthetics made of completely metal that are functioning and if you wanted to you probably could have them inserted in your skin or prosthetic skin and walk around like you're not an android <laughs> i mean that'd be kind of cool i would i would love to get rid of parts of my body and be in a sense a doll just to be have a, the one face that never changes a body that never needs to be constantly maintenance like food sleep all this other annoyances i hate food so that's just me i'd rather have a pill and be over with it oh i love food i can't clearly <laughs> <laughs> I I try. I think it's very likely that that's where we're heading in the future, like uh, moving our consciousness to robotic bodies and those things. We would be no different than the spirits who take over the the, the dolls. 
So the ghosts are like, yeah, we had it first. Not as cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're like ghosts 2.0. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, that'd be cool to call it that. It'd be like the new Spectre (laughs) 2.0. It's just a doll. (laughs) I guess at that point, if we could get our consciousness put into some kind of robots or or whatnot, androids in the future, we could change the name of our podcast to the Spectres of Perception. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We could definitely move that. It's it's neat because if a spirit is capable of inhabiting anything, the fact that it chooses a doll, knowing that it has ligaments and things that could move for itself, and it does it so little. Like, uh, there's a couple of videos I saw on YouTube. That same guy who had brought that haunted doll into his house or apartment had it behind him, just to the left of his shoulder, and he's playing with his phone, it's live and whatever. And all you can see on the right where the, the chat feed is, is your doll's moving, your doll's moving, your doll's moving. And it's just this head slowly doing this um, and then going back. And I'm like, I wouldn't want to turn around if I was reading that. Well, I mean, he can literally look at his screen and see over his shoulder, but he didn't because he's looking on his phone initially. And so when he put his phone down and saw the chat flaring up, then he looks back and doesn't do anything. He's like, I don't, what are you guys talking about? That's when I decided to quit. <laughs> Uh, yeah because yeah oh i see it stopped when he turned around that's yeah it was it was such a minimal move because when i actually was focused on the doll because once i saw the chat through the recorded video i was trying to focus on it as much as possible and it does slightly move on its own and apparently if i were to go back and rewatch the ending of it the doll falls over too and it's completely propped up and it's got stuff to hold it up with mm. and it still decides to fall over. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go stay at a friend's house for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not be an okay time though. Especially if you're like, this was your great grandmother's favorite doll. Take care of it. They leave snickering under their breath, like, ah, it's this problem now. And then you're like, it's so beautiful. I'm going to keep it in this nice box that only has like a window for its face. Mm-hmm. Then you realize the day you come home, it's out of its box and mm-hmm. it's ripped open like a bunch of pillows and it's everything. All and you think a dog had destroyed your living room and the doll's mm-hmm. just face down on the floor and it's covered in all the cotton and everything. And you're like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> see, because when you said earlier, like you would rather have burned it. Some religious experiences would say that fire could cleanse a spirit of something but only if done ritually correct. But salt is another thing that supposedly keeps, it has to be kosher or something like that. And you have to make an outline of what you're trying to protect. Kind of like Supernatural, what they did with the windows and stuff. Yeah, It's not exactly the same. There is a ritual involved with it, but it's supposed to ward off. It's not just you leaving salt in a circle around Mm -hmm. yourself. Because honestly, and anytime I see this in TV shows, if ghosts can open and close doors, why can't they use the gust of wind to blow a little bit of crack out of the salt? Mm. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like you have all this power and you can't move a teeny bit of grain of like salt. You need to evaluate your afterlife. <laughs> Honestly, I have, I pick through these things. Like, this is the reason why I stopped watching certain supernatural shows, the ones that are meant for entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you can poke holes through mm-hmm. and you're like, well, why is the ghost not, I mean, honestly, if the ghost wanted to hurt you, it would try to remove what stops it. Like, oh, the floor needs to have this pentagram thing. And if the ghost tries to come across it, it'll stop. Well, the ghost is like, well, I'll just break the floor. I mean, <laughs> well, look, think of it this way. We, we as humans have the ability to do whatever we need to, as long as we know how to. And we have all this power to lift objects and move things ourselves physically. Yeah. But could you get through an electric fence with just suppliers? <laughs> <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like it's very easy to poke holes in Hollywood's like idea of how a ghost is to be warded off, or the misconception that only salt works for specific things, or iron is a good defense against like a werewolf or whatever. I don't know if that's true or not, but. I have heard of rituals with salt in many, many different cultures that used to deal with hauntings. And the type of salt was so hard to come by. That's why I think that they might have mentioned it was like kosher because kosher salt's really expensive today to get, or at least I think it is. 
one of the things that they did for a child who was being horrendously attacked almost every night by a demon or a, a dark entity. Like uh, the gentleman with Annabelle getting sliced across his chest, you see the scratch marks. Well, the child had it all over, head to toe, just a three-year-old getting mauled by a, a, an entity almost every evening around the same time, around like 1 a.m. So like, that's horrifying to have your child go through that, let alone know that it's existing in your house. And so they used this type of salt and circumference the kid's room and try to help it. And it did keep whatever it was away for a short period of time. The ritual only lasts for so long. It's, we have to connect to something we call, I forget the name, something, eth- something ethereal, meaning that all of our minds are able to connect to it. And the more power we put towards that, it could bring things into reality. I'm like, that's interesting. It proves its existence by the way we think of the dolls, like how much love and compassion and affection we put into something like that. Mm -hmm. It's true. We put all of our psychic energy into things like that and it attracts things that can see it or are aware of it. That's why mediums are able to kind of detect those things. There's a psychic enough amount of energy for them to pick up on. And if something changes that fluctuation, something is able to be sensed. I, of course, I wish I was kind of like a psychic, be like, I know what you're, you're bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just being able to have foresight in general or the sensation that you're not alone, that would be amazing. Like if you went to a haunted house and was like, yeah, that's the room I'm not going in, but I'll stay in the rest of the house. And then as soon as you felt something different, you leave the room, but you don't tell anybody. That'd be the hilarious. You're like, oh, why are the pictures all moving? Yeah. <sighs> I gotta go <laughs> <laughs> hold up your watch not even hold really wearing one you're like this invisible little gesture yeah it's time to go but the you're dusty old trail <sighs> but you're not wearing a watch yeah and I, I would tell you why i'm not wearing a watch but it's gonna sound like i'm leaving <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, one of a couple of people in my family are very sensitive to this kind of stuff i wish i was that sensitive just in my past experiences, I wish I was sensitive enough to know that that was going to be a part of my life. But since I'm not, and those things happen anyway, kind of makes me feel like I got ripped off from the whole gene pool thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually believe that everyone has it. I just think that sometimes we, for some reason, repress it or we can't access it. But I think we all have the possibility of connecting to the spiritual and everything. It's because there are so many people who they aren't interested at all and then they come across a certain book or something and they get into it and they start to have really vivid dreams and everything and it's like you can kind of tune into to that it's like you're a radio and you just need to learn what radio station you need to tune into true so. i think good training for something mm-hmm. like that would make yeah. a huge difference especially if you're trying to attune to things that aren't dangerous or avoiding yeah. those things that yeah. would be really nice it's like if because they no, always because, talk about magic yeah. in the past yeah. like spell casting and a bunch of yeah. other things like that and we just don't have access to it anymore i wonder if it was either the concept of knowledge that doesn't exist anymore or there's a pattern to how to use it um, i think people are coming back to it i mean i'm in the witch community and you know the pagan community and oh, cool. like i think people are rediscovering the magic within but of course i feel like i mean it has always been it, it dep- depends on the culture and the religion and like if there is space for people to practice and so on but i think i mean i think the most important thing is that you should start by doing so much research so you really know what you're doing before you mm-hmm. start tapping into those things because it's so important to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the, the, like the Ouija board and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like that's part of a medium's tool to communicate. It's not a game, okay. which I don't know why anybody would sell it as a game because no. that's a prank in on itself. That's like the biggest prank society has pulled on itself. Let's create a medium's tool and and market it as a toy or a game. And then they're like, yeah, then everybody will have one. And then the ghosts are like, ha, 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 ha. now we have access to everyone's house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least in my mind, I've always been told that it's scary and it's dangerous. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know who you're talking to because humans can lie. What makes you think an entity with enough stability to talk to you wouldn't be doing the same yeah 
there like, was oh yeah, I'm actually a four-year-old. Just kidding, I'm a doctor who's 90,000 years old who wants to take your soul from your body as you stand there. <laughs> like, and you, they don't, and no one's ever going to be that on. I mean, if a child was like, I died because of this and this and this and this, I always hear stories that if a spirit hangs out too long, they become violent. They don't stay submissive they eventually grow and become something because they can't pass on that must be frustrating in a lot of ways like oh yeah my mom and everybody's gone and i haven't found the light that they walked through i'm angry (laughs) and maybe that's why things get possessed because it's like well clearly i can't move on i might as well live into something that looks like a body again or have some sort of shell to protect me because i don't know what's really out there can't imagine what it must be like to be a ghost and how frightening that must be when you realize that you actually are dead and not able to move on somewhere. You're like, what's the next best thing? The VCR or my sister's Teletubby doll? (laughs) (laughs) At least I can move in the the Teletubby. And the VCR, all I could do is pause, play, fast forward, (laughs) or rewind. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, Yeah, I think... I think the fact that that dolls can be possessed is a really a big thing that people don't really look into until it happens mm-hmm. uh, or someone that you know is telling you about it and you're like what a doll no and then you see proof for yourself through other people's accounts and you're like now I'm a believer and I don't want a doll anymore <laughs> but it would still be fun to at least experience it firsthand well without, without any negative side effects right and so I think this is a great stopping point for us. This has been part one of the episode. So how about um, Magic? Why don't you tell our audience where uh, they can find you? Mm. Yes. So um, I have my doll animation horror, whimsical horror channel, which is called The Secret Doll Society. It comes up when you search for it on YouTube. And then I also have a personal channel where I talk about mysterious and paranormal things as well as art and witchcraft and spirituality. So you can also check that out. It's Miss Magic Girl TV. And you have to search for it in all small letters and then it will come up. And I also have an Instagram that I'm very active on. That is Miss Magic Girl. So yeah, if you want to friend me there, that would be awesome. We'll make sure that uh, we have all of her links in the description and the bio for the episode. So that way our audience can go ahead and find you there. And you can check us out on our social media at The Real S-O-P-P-O-D, The Real Soap Pod on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to have more information about us as your hosts, or if you want to check out some more podcast episodes, or even if you want to suggest a story to be on the podcast, or if you'd like to be on the podcast yourself, you can go to our website, SoPod.com. That's S-O-P-P-O-D.com. Thank you so much, Magic, for joining us today. She will be with us again next week for part two, where we discuss the stories of two more haunted dolls, one from Germany and the other Japan. Can you guess which ones we'll be talking about? Please let us know and tune in next week to find out. Thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you in the next episode.